0: it's time to lol listen out loud that is it's time for anime jam session with dj Ronma s mako chan and Ari rockefeller hey everybody welcome to anime jam session episode number 595 we are that podcast that talks about anime games conventions the fandom geek stuff and everything in between i'm dj ranma s And nobody can hear you, Mako.
1: Oops.
0: (laughs) Did you mute yourself by accident?
1: Well, I didn't unmute myself.
0: (sighs) Can't take you anywhere.
1: No. But hi, I'm (laughs) Mako-chan.
0: Ari is taking the night off. He's doing mid-shift, so he's probably listening in from work or on the way home from work and all that good stuff. So, anywho... How are you doing today, Marco? Uh,
1: just like every other night,
0: I'm freaking tired. Or trying to take over the world.
1: No, that's too much work.
0: All right, so before we begin, I I, I gotta have this conversation with Celia Berry. Um, for those of you who are just listening to the podcast or just watching the replay on YouTube, we always do a pre-show, for those of you who remember, and we used to, I think I used to keep the pre-show on the podcast feed, but I don't do it now, because extra editing and so forth, you know, all that good stuff. But, one of the opening themes uh, I played on the pre-show was opening to a uh, kanashima Kanashimiyo Kanichiwa, and see, Barry mentioned that this gives him flashbacks of when he used to buy the Ron Ranma VHS tapes because the preview was on there. I'm like, yeah, I agree. And I have to say, that's, that is a really nice, feel-good type of song. And now, he mentions that back then, he had five bootleg fans of Sailor Moon tapes, two Ranma tapes, and El Hazard, The Wanderers, and one of the Tenchi movies, which was Bootleg, which he thinks was the first Tenchi movie. Well... If they're going back in time to save his mother, then that's the first Tenchi movie. The second one is where some chick comes out of nowhere and says that's his daughter. And the third movie, I think, is when you find out Ryoko is shamelessly in love with Tenchi or something like that. Tenchi forever. Um, and I'm just sitting here thinking of all the times I used to go down to um, Chinatown and I would buy all of these damn well yeah bootleg but I will buy all these fan subs. I think I had like right, the typical have you ever seen like the typical not large but medium size gray storage tubs that you would see at Walmart or Target. The ones where you could not you was, was probably store a lot of your clothes and stuff. Yeah something like that. I actually had one of those full of VHS tapes and when I moved I ended up tossing all of them and I I realized I stopped buying them when I was going through Love Hina I realized this person was just playing the episodes through Windows Media Player and had a VCR attached to it to record and the thing is The image quality was kind of off, but I didn't care. But when I saw that was flipping, I was like, "No, okay, I, I, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with the bootlegs. Yep, 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 yep."
1: I didn't have bootleg anime. I had bootleg hentai. Here we go. What?
0: (laughs) Nothing.
1: I mean, the bootleg anime that was out because my friend at the time um, really like I got her into Sailor Moon and she went absolutely crazy with it so she was buying bootlegs from you know video stores and things like that so if I wanted to watch anime I would just watch hers so instead um, I would buy stuff that she didn't have and that I wanted and mm. most of that was
0: hentai Thus. The term hentai connoisseur. Eh.
1: <laughs> it, it's, it's an art style.
0: It's an art medium. And I believe that. And I just realized something the rundown is not even set properly. Nope. No, the funny thing is, I always set the rundown after I update it. After I update it, I go. I go, and I've I've reset it to set from the top. And let me do that real quick. I forgot to reset it. There we go. And it's fixed. And the funny thing is, I'm staring at it for a little bit, going, okay, all right, wait a minute. That's not right. (laughs) And I see it where he says, different strokes for different folks. Basically. (laughs) Anywho. Uh, we are live tonight, week of June 27, twenty three, right here on Twitch Jesus here though. We are live Tuesdays from nine to ten thirty PM Eastern. You can always find us at Twitch TV slash anime jam session. We're also proud to be part of the Voice of Geeks Network at Vognetwork.com. And, <clears throat> and they're also on Twitch, Twitch TV slash Vognetwork. They kick things off on Sunday nights, starting at 8 p.m. with the Bobby Blackwell Show, followed by Orange Lounge Radio at 9. And come hang out in our Discord, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Every show that's part of the Voice of Geeks Network has their own channel, so come through and hang out and have a good time. So now we got that out the way, we're going to quickly go through how was our week, how was our day. Mako!
1: Um, not horrible, I guess. Uh, this past weekend, um... I took my mother out for lunch for Father's Day. Um, We were looking at various things for the bar and lounge area, um, straightened up the house, and uh, basically started Final Fantasy X.
0: Of course you did.
1: I'm not even done with Final Fantasy VII. I'm, yeah, so I'm now playing Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy X, and Disney Dreamlight Valley all at the same time.
0: Well, you're not the first, so... But I get that.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's... it's Entertaining and mm-hmm. fun, and um, I had to completely restart my Final Fantasy X game. Why? Seven and a half hours into it, and realized I should not have picked the choice I did for how to do the uh, the spheres. Because mm-hmm. I ended up choosing the, uh, I guess, expert mode. Now, I've already played it. I've already played the game. I've already beaten the game um, like two or three times. Right. So I figured, ah, eh, I can do that. And then I'm like, um, no, I, I don't like the way that it's set up. So, you know, seven and a half hours in, I hadn't even gotten to the, uh, you know, to the quote-unquote first Aeon, well, technically second Aeon. So I'm like, you know what? I, I might as well just restart it now. So mm. the seven and a half hours that it took me to do it the first time only took me five hours to do the second time.
0: If you can't tell, I'm clapping.
1: I can't tell. I, I see you clapping.
0: <laughs> All right. You know, but I, I I totally get that. I I mean, there was a time where I had I had one game going on the Xbox, one game going on the PlayStation, and I'm probably bumming through a mobile game or something like that. You know, I I get that. But um,
1: speaking of mobile games, um, I just passed you in Monopoly.
0: Jesus. <laughs> Other. Well, I guess I know what I'll be doing right after the show tonight.
1: I can't help it. I had over 2,000 dice and it would not let me not have 2,000 dice. The entire time that the pre-show was going on, I still had 2,000 dice.
0: Well, if I wasn't manning the controls, I'd probably be doing the same thing too. <laughs> and yes, I, I I will knock down all of your statues if I get an opportunity to. Like I did that one time before.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: By the, by the way, if you're wondering, we're talking about the game Monopoly Go, the mobile game, so... It's it's fun, and it's kind of addictive, and it's a bit of an idle game, too, so... But, um... I was gonna say something as a compliment. Should, oh, you're right. Like, one of my uh, uh, streaming friends, Ari, is here. She's playing through Final Fantasy VII, but there is a, a dub track for it, for PC... Not talking remake the original, I guess a bunch of people got together and decided to do a voice mod kit for it, yeah, that kind of threw me off. I was like, oh, really, and I think she said something it was like officiated by square. I'm just like, uh, I wouldn't know about that, but you know it's kind of yeah. interesting i don't
1: I don't know if it was like an official kind of thing, but it was it's definitely out there.
0: I think Squares gave it. I think Square Enix gave their blessing or something. Let's be real. If it was a major threat, they would have seen indeed that a long time ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think they care because they're doing so much for the new games. I think if you start screwing with the new games, that's when they'll be pissed off.
0: Speaking of the new games, FF16 is sitting on my shelf behind the door there. And I will crack it open once I get a PlayStation 5. I am waiting on the quote unquote redesign that's supposed to happen like later or next year. And let's be real, there's only like two other games for PS5 that I want Final Fantasy VII Rebirth and Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West. That's it. Other than that, I don't really have a need for one.
1: Yeah, the Final Fantasy VII stuff is the only reason why I would want a ps5 mm-hmm. and that's not enough for me to buy a ps5
0: yeah i mean maka if you had a ps4 and see, see that would make sense because all of the ps4 games are backwards compatible
1: Mm-hmm.
0: i mean i have a ps3 fat i just haven't turned it on because it sounds like a sounds like a, a, a north korean shuttle rocket when you turn sucker on so yeah i i
1: didn't switch over from ps2 to ps3 i went ps2 to xbox 360
0: and i think some most of the third party games on ps2 you can pick up on xbox anyway i mean like you're talking about final fantasy 10 remaster i actually had the 10 and 10 2 remaster for playstation 3 which i think is still sealed on my shelf because when i got my copy of 10 2 signed by tara strong i'm like yeah i'm not playing this game anymore i'm gonna get it wait till i get another copy and now it's available for Xbox. I'm like, why not? So.
1: Yeah, my a- only issue with the Xbox one is for the PlayStation one, it allows you to go in there and um, basically add on cheat codes, and they remove that for the Xbox version.
0: Wait, what do you mean cheat codes?
1: Um, like they did for um the uh, Pixel Remaster. Right go in to the separate games and turn on no encounters or you know uh, level like quick leveling Wait wait, wait wait
0: wait they actually put that in the PlayStation version? Yeah. The 10 remaster? Mhm.
1: But why? Um because I don't know, but I think it's the PC version and the PlayStation version. That's they did the same thing with the uh, Final Fantasy 7 remaster, I think.
0: I'm going to have to look into
1: that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's only on the PC and PlayStation versions, or it might just be on the PlayStation version.
0: I was just saying I think I was telling this to Rob Roberts on OLR Sunday. I was telling this to somebody, but um, I would like for them to do rem- kind of sort of remaster final fantasy 13 and put all three games together as one epic trilogy something like that and just adjust just make all all three parts blend in perfectly something
1: i want a remaster of dot hack
0: didn't they do one
1: they did one for the sequel series they did not do one for dot hack sign
0: oh gee okay don't you have aren't you missing like the fourth one
1: no, I have all of the original Dot Hacks.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you said you were missing one of the games.
1: Mm-mm. No, I have all of the original Dot Hacks, and I do have um, the uh, second series on. Well, I have the second series for PlayStation, but I also have the second series sitting on my Switch.
0: Okay, just hold on to those originals, because I know those games are going for anywhere between five hundred to a grand a pop.
1: Yeah, I sell them on eBay for like 200 and something per game. I'm like, I wouldn't sell them anyway because until they actually do a remaster, it's the only way to frickin' play it.
0: Right. And even if they do a remaster, the originals will drop down in value. I mean, case in point, the Sailor Moon, the ADV's Sailor Moon uh, brick. Of the of the first two seasons they were going high as400 a piece now they're, they're they're basically being sold above slightly above retail value because you can go out and get the the viz release of it you know yes. where the, it's better video I mean and you don't even have to watch dub same thing with the with the uh, pioneer release of s and supers those are going for pretty more or less pretty cheap now because you can go out and get the viz version again you don't to watch the dub. You can still watch the subtitled version. Just understand that the Viz one is a lot more accurate and better video quality. You know, we'll just leave it at that. So. Anywho, my weekend day is a, was the same old. You know, I worked on some more photos. I'm hoping to get Khan done this week because it's summer Fridays at work, so that means I get to go home early. Also, I forgot to mention this last week, but I replaced my mouse. So, Basically what had ha- what was happening over over the like I guess weeks was you know, I would click and no response. I'm not thinking it's the application, no, it's the mouse. So I have to click around the left click in order for it to register. And I started getting used to that. That why I would just start pressing a little bit harder. Fine, whatever. I would blast with compressed air here and there, you know, to make sure it would work, you know. And then while I was playing PSO two with Kuro Hikari chan, I was we, they they added on a build mode where you can create your own, where they give you your own island, you can create your own house and stuff like that. So, in order to get into that build mode, you have to middle, you have to click with the mouse with the mouse wheel. And I was clicking, and then out of the blue, it stopped responding unless I pressed down pretty hard. And I just said, "Screw this! I'm buying a new mouse." The bad news is the mouse that I had, the M65 Elite. Basically has been, quote unquote, discontinued by Corsair. I mean, Corsair is still selling it, but it's hard to find it outside of their website. But I able I was find I found the upgraded version, the M65 Ultra, and it was on sale at Best Buy, so I got that. So that's all set up. And at work, my keyboard at work started to fail, so I ended up replacing that with a refurbished Corsair keyboard, and I went out and got. A refurbished M65 Elite. Now, I, I, I am a sucker for Corsair stuff. I absolutely love their, their 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 products. They're updating their cool like their their AIOs and lights and stuff for a new system, and I'm looking forward to that and see if I can integrate that with my current setup. And it's like I've been saying for the longest I want to have a Corsair mouse and keyboard at work, but I could not justify the cost. They did, however, put out like a limited edition combo pack with a mechanical keyboard. And it's been sold out for months and it's going for ridiculous prices online. So I'm like, I can wait. So, there's that. Also, an interesting thing. So as some of you know, I do build computers for people. I built two for Ari. I built one for Mako. I've rebuilt a few for Mako. You know, gotta work with what you got and I can make it work even better than what HP can do. So, a friend of mine mentioned that she was tired of her laptop. She wanted a a high-end PC to work with. So, I went ahead, specced it out, sent it a price, and we're talking $2,200 here, including my uh, build fee. And I'm thinking I'm going to get payments here and there. I get an email back from PayPal saying invoice paid in full. I was like, So, looks like this weekend, I'll have something to do, and my goal is, hopefully, if everything falls the way it should, I should be able to have everything by Friday afternoon, so when I get home from work, I can finish up my KoguraCon stuff, and then start working on this PC, and hand it to her before I go on vacation Wednesday. So, there is that, that's that's that, so we're going to move on to our... Next title here. Uh, housekeeping. Um, programming note. Uh, there is no show on July 4th. Next I, week. Which is next week. So go out. Enjoy the fireworks. Have a good time. Just don't blow your arm off. Uh, don't forget episodes of Anime Jam Session are available on our YouTube page. YouTube.com slash Anime Jam Session. Click on playlist then click on... no. Playlist and podcast VODs, most episodes are there. Episodes go up Thursday at 12 noon. And also, don't forget to check us out at ShikariCon. I'm hoping that we can do a couple of panels. I haven't heard back. But definitely come check out this really small yet awesome convention. ShikariCon, August 19th to the 20th, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at ShikariCon.com. And now we're going to get into the next part of our show. Uh, geek Roundtable This is where we talk more about the geekier aspects of our weekend day Or we want to show off some cool stuff So I see one of Mako's geek thingy bobbers is coming back around the corner again
1: Yeah, speaking of uh, computers I was just not caring about trying to figure out what to put on screen So I put the computer on screen it is the anniversary of uh, my computer being built, though.
0: Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, I th- no
1: I. Th- it was uh, was it two
0: weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Because I know that I know I built that I built um Paradox during the pandemic, right? Yes. Yeah. Because I know, yeah, yeah. Because a month or two later, I built Kurohikari Chan's computer M- Mastipolis. So, unless we're counting that I came back over and put in like the final parts that need to be put in for it to, to work the way you wanted to, then yeah.
1: I don't know. I just well,
0: Facebook said. uh posted a picture that said um introducing paradox so. all right that works i think there was a couple of parts missing that we needed so i was waiting on that so and i think you're probably if you go- i think you say you goes if you're going to get into just doing some streaming in the future right
1: um probably some point this summer
0: all right. I do know we were probably we may have to do an upgrade, but let's see how the machine performs first before we actually jump into that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So for me, as I've said, uh, I had a bunch of figurines at Makos place from Zenkai, and when she came out here, you know, for her belated birthday bar crawl she dropped off the rest of those figurines for me and one of them was on my otaku mode uh, wi- uh, list and I kind of have a rule of thumb if there if it's no more than a $10 price difference than online and at a convention I will buy it because look if the figurine runs 20 15, you can add 15 to $20 for shipping and then after tax, 45 whatever. You may find it on Amazon for about the same price than shipping. Or you might find it for the same price at the con. So, even if you have like an otaku mode membership like I do and you just deduct points, sometimes you might just be better off just getting it at the con. Depends on how it is. Um, So, one of my favorite series is Rascal Does Not Dream... Rascal does not dream of Bunny Bunny Senpai and I picked up another figurine from that it's my Sakurajima in her winter outfit I actually have two of her bunny figurines on my wish list to pick up and what's interesting is I had never had any interest in bunny figures never did Until I watched that anime, and I saw her walking around in the bunny girl outfit, but she wasn't smiling or anything. She was just being studious, kind of serious. Having a regular conversation, that alone made me like, you know what? I think I want to pick up that figure. And they made it, but I didn't have $300. So I have one of her smiling, but it's close enough. And speaking of figures... Um, if you're in the New York City tri-state area, there is a new anime merch store that just opened up called Tesso X in Flushing. So now we have um, we have a store in Midtown Manhattan, which they only do online only since the pandemic. There's another store in Flushing, I believe, and now Tesso X. I went up there, and I have to say the prices are kind of reasonable. At least is like maybe a five to ten dollar difference between them and online, but Amazon will have you beat for a lot of the stuff there. And I've also discovered that if you are a fan of My Hero Academia, there is a nine times out of ten any of the import figurines are coming to the states, so you might as well just wait and grab one of those because the only difference is the kanji. You know, either it's going to be in Japanese or it's going to be. And there'll be a Funimation logo on there. I kind of figured that out when I ordered, when I bought two fig, um, two My Hero Academia figures off of Amazon like earlier this year. So, yeah. All right. Now that we got that out the way, we're gonna get into our stories. But there is one thing I wanna, I wanna bring up real quick. Um. So, uh, Marco. Hmm. Evidently, Anime Next did something stupid again. What do they do now? Evidently, there was a staffer at the masquerade kicking people out for recording it.
1: Uh, what? You heard me. For recording the masquerade.
0: Yes. Why? Because according to him, it's against uh, convention policy to record it. Since when? <laughs> according to this asshole, since always. Um,
1: I have video that will disprove that.
0: So do I! Come to find out, this person was new on staff, so... He was saying that was a rule and he was actually, he actually had multiple people removed from the audience for recording the masquerade. It took a couple of senior staffers to escort him out and tell him that it's not against the rules. Oh my God. Well as I have said on my Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash I am Ron if you end up becoming a guest at that convention, put, put a clause in your contract that you must have a rental. Yes, the, the staffers will drive you back and forth, but let's be real. It'll be a lot faster if you had a rental to drive between the convention center and the hotel. And granted, the guests were mostly at the convention center for their duties. But there's gotta to be times where you're like, you know what? I need to I need to go back to the hotel and rest. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when your convention is in two separate cities, mm. I, I I still want I still want an, I, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when they when somebody suggested that. But you know, enough about that. We're going to talk about another convention that's having issues. And I stumbled across this earlier this week. Looks like there's going to be issues at SDCC. Yes, San Diego Comic-Con. Because Marvel, Netflix, Sony, HBO, and Universal are skipping the convention. Between that and the fact that they had to cancel the convention due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the Con um, Comic Secc, which is under a subsidiary of Comic Con International, which is the nonprofit organization that runs this, they've hit some a bit of a financial strain. But thankfully, they were able to come back last year, which was a complete success even with a mandate in place. Now, if I'm not mistaken, did they move SDCC towards the holidays last year?
1: Uh, I think so.
0: Yeah, I think it was around the Christmas holidays and it was like we were like what the hell, you know? Let's see. No, no, no. No, no, it was normal uh normal dates for last year. Hmm. But there was some con that pushed around that time. Which reminds me, uh, there's one con, Hale Matsuri. Their convention is during the week.
1: Who the hell decided that one? (laughs) I mean, are they just looking for, you know, nothing but 12 and 13 year olds to go? (sighs)
0: I've, it seems that there is an issue with them booking the hotel because Holiday Matsuri is a convention that happens right before the Christmas holiday. So I think something was up. So now the con is. From, uh, the convention is, is from. Well, they actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's from the 20th to the 22nd of December. Let me look this up real quick. Holiday Matsuri 2023. Okay. Um, looking at the website now. Nope. December 20th to the 22nd. Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> wow. Imagine going to a convention two days before Christmas.
1: I just. <sighs> wednesday the 20th to friday the 22nd do they realize that most people aren't going to be able to get off of work those days that kids are still going
0: to have school those days but think about it mako you have been going to conventions for, for as long as i have we have seen how cosplayers act we've seen how they react to stuff do you think most of them give a damn
1: Most of the young younger crowd, no,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they don't give a shit about you know responsibility except for you know dressing up. Right. That's not the main portion of the people that go to the conventions, though. Mm-hmm. The main portion of the convent of the people that go to conventions
0: are you know just. Uh, mm. Well, you also gotta take into consideration the younger generation don't even want us at their conventions ruining their fun. That's all well and good, but you're gonna have a convention of nothing but snot-nosed kids. And I believe there's two major cosplay events going on there, so it's gonna be be a trip. Yep. I... I, (laughs)
1: One, being so close to Christmas, Mm -hmm. who the hell is going to have extra money around that time? Two, because Christmas is in the middle of the week this year, everybody's going to go on vacation for the entire week with family, not going to a freaking convention and then going, oh, I I have to go to Christmas dinner with grandma now. Christmas is on a Monday. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Whatever wait how is christmas on a monday if the convention starts on the 20th and the 20th is a monday
0: right like hold on Let, let me double check my calendar yeah december 20th to the 22nd wednesday thursday friday
1: Okay, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, that's what I meant. Tuesday, Wednesday.
0: My my mistake, I wasn't sure, so I went and double-checked. So, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You're leaving the con on the day you typically would arrive. That is going to fuck with some people.
1: I'm just... I, I can't see parents allowing the younger generation to go same i can't see parents going unless they're going to be spending you know that's their christmas vacation
0: mm-hmm.
1: i i i don't see this going well yeah I, know. I mean legit if you have a retail job at all you're not getting off yeah this is a blackout period those are your big retail days. Anything before Christmas, you you don't you can't you know. Oh, I'm I'm gonna be off that Thursday, you know that that uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That just that doesn't work. That I, uh, th- this would have been better at just being canceled if they couldn't have it on the weekend.
0: As de Berry says. That's like scheduling a con on tax day. That's probably has happened inadvertently. Probably. So. Anywho, regarding these panels at STCC, it's basically, it's like this. If sag Astra and AMPTP cannot come to terms by the June 30th contract deadline and the Guild goes on strike, actors will almost certainly join writers and showrunners in sitting out promotional events like Comic-Con, leaving studios with almost no one to populate panels in front of thousands of expectant fans. I'll tell you this shit right the fuck down. If, if, if SAG-AFTRA and AMTF go on strike, people, are, a bunch of people are not going to go. Amid that uncertainty, several studios have preemptively nixed plans for a robust presence this year. Disney and Marvel and Lucas Films aren't planning anything, so they was hoping to show off the Marvels Loki season two, Ahsoka, Haunted Mansion. HBO was going to have True Detective and House of the Dragon. Sony Pictures going to have Gran Turismo and Craven the Hunter. Universal is going to show off *Last Voyage of the Dementor*, *Strays*, and the, I guess, the remake of *The Exorcist*. And Netflix was going to show off *One Piece*. Other studios are still maintaining a wait-and-see posture. Warner Brothers needs a, a robust PR boost for the upcoming feature *Blue Beetle* and *Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom*. And their streaming service, Max, is planning on bringing some animation titles to the event. Paramount Pictures is is expecting to hold the panel for TMNT Mutant Mayhem. Its streaming counterpart, Paramount Plus, has yet to commit for Star Trek uh, panels. NBC will only move forward with its panels if there is no actor strike, but that protocol doesn't necessarily extend to its sister streamer, Peacock. Amazon plans to have some type of presence. We're going to see season two of the Wheel of Time and the boys, Gen V, which is going to be coming out this fall, but still figuring that out. And Apple has been tight-lipped about the whole thing. In absence of panels, some studios may lean on activations and promotional stunts outside of SDCC to generate fan interest. But that's a cold comfort for the con itself, which has thrived for over a decade on a steady stream of A-list stars and marquee projects streaming through its cavernous ballrooms. When reached by Variety, Comic-Con spokesperson David Glanzer provided a statement that avoids saying anything definitive of how SDCC may look in the wake of an actor's strike, but does make clear that the organizers expect to go on with the event regardless. With regard to the strike and possible effects on Comic-Con, we tend to refrain from speculating or forecasting. I will say, our hope is for a speedy resolution that will prove beneficial to all parties and allow everyone to continue the work they love. Until then, we continue to diligently work on our summer event in the hopes of making it fun, educational, and celebratory as in years past. Any studio holdouts will have to make a decision very soon. Schedules will start rolling out on July 5th, but they may be making it in the dark. If sag Astra and AMPTP extend contract negotiations beyond the June 30th deadline. It's a buy no superhero would be able to save. And most people are going, really? It's going to be an actual comic convention now? Never works.
1: But at the same time, we saw what the big companies pulling out of a convention did to E3. <laughs> So there's a good chance that if the big companies aren't going to be there to entice the amount of people that they may end up just, you know, canceling certain Comic-Con events.
0: I'm I mean, look, when it comes to E3, you got to remember one thing. E3 has always been an industry con, industry show first. Open to the people second. And that just went kind of convoluted. Repop didn't know how to properly market this so they can make money off of this. They were probably going to try to run it like a typical convention and it just wasn't going to work. Either or, it shouldn't even be them running it, but that's just me. Anywho, uh, Marco, what's going on with with this manga lore?
1: Yeah, so there are some fans that are kind of upset about a new law that will be uh, coming out in Japan. Um, So a lot of mangaka in Japan choose to operate under pen names or hide their faces from public, um, mainly because bitches be crazy. Mm. I mean, we see what happens with the idols. Now imagine your favorite manga artist, your favorite writer, is out there and known, it's going to be very easy for people to start stalking them. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, a new law is set to strip away the barrier of privacy. Um, According to a couple of different reports, manga artists like Chainsaw Man's Tatsuki Fujimoto and My Hero Academia's Kohei have been ha- who have avoided the public spotlight, will soon be thrown into it. The long question is part of Japan's new qualified invoice system, which will require contracts to register with tax-collecting agencies under their real names, mm. effectively preventing them from hiding their identities behind pen names. Fans are understandably concerned about this new development as while many appreciate the opportunity to engage with beloved creators, most respect their choice to maintain a sense of privacy. The law is set to take effect this coming October, October, leaving many readers concerned about the future well-being of their favorite artists. Um, And then uh, basically it's just a bunch of, you know, Uh, Manga authors are being required by law to show their faces. I don't see this going south at all. Um, Praying for Horikoshi, this will not end well. Uh, uh Uh-oh, Fujimoto was in trouble. Um, uh, uh, CSM fans breaking into Fujimoto's house for killing all their favorite characters. (laughs) Um, remember when the author of Tokyo Ghoul got death threats for how they did their own series? Remember when the creator of Evangelion got death threats for how they ended their own series? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: When blah, 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 blah. Um, So while some fans saw the humor in the law, noting the the long line of Chainsaw Man readers likely to show up at Fujimoto's door for killing their favorite characters, others reacted with more anxiety. Um... So, yeah, uh, like uh, the, uh, yeah, fans showed particular concern for mangakas like uh, Jujutsu Kaisen's Gegi Ak- Akatsume, who mm-hmm. uses the aforementioned pen name to conceal both their real name and gender. Demon Slayer creator Kyo, Kyo Haru Gotsu- Go uh, Goku- Gotsu- Gotouji. Yeah, that. <clears> to <throat> so the same boat, and fans have really pointed out that forcing these artists to reveal their gender identities to the public is a questionable invasion of privacy. Although not confirmed, some fans have questioned whether the new law arose due to recent cases of manga artists privately collecting child pornography, um, particularly particularly Roroni Kenshin's creator. A select few fans even voiced support for the law, believing it may help to prevent this sort of behavior in the future. However, most responses to the tweets pointed out the lack of a clear correlation between forcing mangaka to reveal their identities and cracking down on illicit behavior. While there are many sides to this issue, and presumably the law was implemented for a reason the overwhelming sentiment among fans appears to be that the qualified invoice system is a step in the wrong direction. I I mean, I get it. Same. But at the same time, if you are a law officer, all of these mangaka work for companies. They have You know, people that are on their asses constantly to get scripts out, to get ink out. It's not like these people are complete and total mysteries. So if somebody wanted to find out, you know, what was going on, they can. It's, you know, it's just the fans that don't know the employers, the people that write the checks, things like that, they know who they're writing checks to.
0: True. But I agree. I, their intent, I understand the intent, but the execution was just poor. Just poor.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I don't. I, I think you should be able to use a pen name. I mean, there are plenty of writers that use pen names. Right. I mean, hell, Stephen King has a pen name. Um, Anne Rice had a pen name. Uh, I mean, granted, they ended up outing themselves you know, so that people knew who the pen name, you know, who the actual author was. But it was done after the books were out and read and people could go, oh, hey, you know, this is a really good book and it turns out to be something completely different from what that person would have written under their regular name. Like Anne Rice, her pen name... A lot of it is smut.
0: Mm. Yeah, I know, The Erotic Adventures of Sleeping Beauty.
1: Mm-hmm. Four different books of nothing but smut. Not horrible smut either.
0: I mm. Beery uh, says I wonder if it'll end up being like the US, where you get a bunch of small companies forming to help uh, keep things discreet. Could happen. Or possibly they could do more little houses like Clamp and Bee Pappas. That could happen too. Yeah. Let's see. uh, Moving right along here. I didn't even realize I forgot to do the update here. So let me refresh that. That went through. Wonderful. Go ahead and do it again. Got one more to go through. And
1: I'll take this one, and then you can take the next two.
0: Uh,
1: okay. Uh, okay, so going back to, you know, conventions and maybe having issues, um, there is a possibility that Anime Expo Weekends, which is this coming weekend, may have issues as well. Uh, Unite Here Local 11, which is Southern California's largest hospitality union, announced on its website on June 9th that its members had voted to authorize a strike at dozens of hotels as early as July 4th weekend, if an agreement has not been reached.
0: That's not good.
1: Yeah, the union stated it was calling for a strike among 15,000 workers, which would make it the largest hotel worker strike in modern U.S. history. So this year's Anime Expo will be returning to Los Angeles July 1st through 4th. The convention recently discontinued its premier fan badge system. The convention revealed its full guest list this month. So the Local 11 website stated it represents over 32,000 room attendants, cooks, dishwashers, front desk agents, servers, and food service workers who voted to authorize the strike. The union's key demands include an immediate $5 an hour wage increase to keep pace with the soaring cost of housing, affordable family health care, a pension that will enable workers to retire with security, and a safe and humane workload. So uh, yeah, Uh, after months of negotiations, which began on April 20th with major hotel employers such as Hyatt, Hilton, Highgate, Marriott. And so forth. So, uh, if they decide to go on strike, and unfortunately, a holiday weekend is the best time because it is the time that people will be screwed the most.
0: You know, I am so glad nothing like that ha- ever happened while I while my many t- weekends attending Oticon in Baltimore, Maryland. Because I don't know if you know this, but a majority of the hotels there were built. Just because of Otakon. Because if I'm not mistaken. At the time that article came out. Otakon brought in 2 million dollars. In solid revenue. Over a 4 day weekend. And as Ron before 21 says. They picked the perfect time to strike. They sure enough did.
1: Yeah. the, The problem with that is. That while. The hotels. Um, will find people to work. Uh, mm-hmm. Their ratings are going to tank. And you can't tell me that anime convention goers are not going to destroy the place.
0: They're going to be so mad when they can't get their turn down service. Not even that. You know how
1: long a line is to pick up a badge at a convention. You know how long that line is normally when you go to the hotel to check in. Now imagine that line twice to three times as long because the person checking you in has only been doing it for five hours. They have no experience and there's nobody there to help them.
0: It's like sending. It's like sending a soldier into the into the into the war. Like, here's your helmet and gun. Go, 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 go. They run. They run about five feet before you get picked off.
1: Yeah, uh, th- if if the strike actually goes on, that is exactly what is going to happen.
0: Let's wait and see. And if they go on strike, I look forward to seeing all the posts about AX on my Facebook feed um, this weekend, actually. That's right. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, I'm going to have to get me a a package of Orville Redenbacher. (laughs) Oh, that's going to be good. So, anywho... Now, the next story I, I'm excited about. So... Did I do that again? No, I did not. Again. Alright. There we go. This alone makes Johanne best girl in all of Love Live out of all the series because she has her own video game. And I am here for this. Of course you are. Well, Yeah. <laughs> And the fact that there's already um, in- screenshots in English, it- and the title is in English, it's going, to- it's coming over. So, and I'm also happy about the fact that just um, like those niche anime titles are gaining in popularity, and people are buying them more. You know, I'm that's really got me going. So, as we reset, as we've mentioned on prior episodes. Um, there's going to be a Love Life Sunshine spin-off anime called Yohane Sunshine in the Mirror. It's basically an Itzakai anime where it takes place during more or less medieval times. So, what's happening now is there's going to be a spin-off game going to that. So, and it's called Yohane the the Parhelion Blaze in the Deep Blue. Inti Creates is releasing the game later this year on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. It's going to be a 2D video game adaptation. It's basically going to be something like, as they call it, a side-scrolling adventure roguelike. It's going to be done with RPG elements in the vein of Castlevania Sympathy of the Night. Inti Creates describes the game as this. When an undersea dungeon suddenly surfaces in the ocean near Numazu, it becomes the talk of the town. Several of Johani's curious friends venture inside to investigate. However, not a single one has returned from the labyrinth. In order to rescue her friends, Johani herself must brave the depths. She will encounter fierce challenges such as monstrous fish and ever changing corridors. Will Johani be able to rescue her friends and uncover the mystery of the dungeon? Yohane the Pahalian blaze in the deep blue darkest depth a ray of sunshine pierces through oh i see what they did there that was good and i believe the original cast will be back which is also great and they're going and with this as a typical any dungeon-esque uh roguelike metroidvania style games what they're doing in this one they're going to increase the challenge and they're going to randomly generate dungeon sections on certain playthroughs making the consecutive runs even more varied and more unique. The game will be released on November 16th on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC via Steam. I have a feeling I'm going to end up with like two copies of this game, one for Xbox and one for PC cuz I'm probably going to be streaming this game. <laughs> and that's that's provided if I haven't picked up a um a capture card by that time we'll see what happens okay, and our next story is about <clears throat> My Hero Academia joining forces with the NBA I think that's pretty cool mm-hmm. huh? it's going to debut at NBA Con in Las Vegas Wow, the NBA has its own convention. (laughs) Wow. In a brand new collaboration between My Hero Academia, Toho Animation, Crunchyroll, and the National Basketball Association, the NBA Lab, and Hyperfly, the very popular Shonen Jump series will be merging into a -a one-of-a-kind streetwear for fans. Exclusive exclusively debuting at NBA Con, which will be held in Las Vegas from July 7th to the 9th, with full merchandise release to be released later this fall. The characters from the anime My Hero Academia will be featured on newly designed merchandise for nine NBA teams. The Lakers, the Golden State Warriors, the Bulls, Celtics, the 76ers, the New York Bricks, I mean the New York Knicks, Miami Heat, Mavericks, and Portland Trailblazers. Personally, I'm probably going to grab some Bulls gear. Hyperfly's retail launch featuring all might on t-shirts, hoodies, and satin jackets will be available to be purchased this fall in the U.S. and Canada at, online at crunchyroll.com, store.com lids.com, and hyperfly.com, and other approved vendors. And merchandise will be available in Japan on mbastore.jp. I did not... I would not have expected the NBA would have the store in Japan. I, I never, I never would have guessed. Yeah. And I'm actually looking at it. So, and as Ron before twenty one says, the Knicks should get Manetta. He's trash, and so are they. Thank you. God. Well, the Knicks were good at one time and then Patrick Ewing left. All right, now we're down to our final story of the night before we flip over to Meanwhile in Japan. And I I figured this would be all Mako-chan.
1: Yeah, so the Senrio character popularity ranking has been revealed. Uh, this is their 38th installment with 44,000,000 487,850 votes, a staggering 168% increase from last year. Wow. This was cast for Sanrio's 450 plus characters, and the winners were chosen. So, the top 10, number 10 is Bats Maru, number 9, Tuxedo Sam. Number eight, Little Twin Stars. Number seven, Yoden, Number six, My Melody. Number five, Hello Kitty. Number four, Pochaco. Number three, Kuromi. Number two, Pom Pom Purin. And number one, Cinema Roll.
0: Are you not surprised?
1: I'm not surprised at all of you know the uh top three i am surprised at batsmaru um this is the first time in 12 years that he has actually been in the top 10 um and perhaps it is because it is his 30th anniversary there we go uh yeah and then um Jochum, who is a recent Sanrio collaboration with 11-member Japanese boy band J-01, made its grand debut in 14th place. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, um, Agretsuko, Agretsuko is uh, 37. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a steep decline. Well oh. she was not that far back last year.
0: Interesting. All right? Now that we got that out of the way, we're gonna get into the part of the show that y'all really stick around for, meanwhile in Japan. And before we continue, uh Mako John. Mm-hmm. I just bankrupted you in Monopoly Go. Damn you. <laughs> About twenty million out of your out of your bank (laughs) for a mega heist. (laughs) You have to blame the game for that one. It it randomized you for the mega heist, and I was I supposed to I was gonna I was gonna get three gold I was gonna match three gold bars, and look at that another two million on top. Alright, let me adjust the volume controls here. <laughs> Ron Before Twenty One goes, damn, while he while the show was running, he's he pulls that. Pure evil. I,
1: I can't blame him though, because <laughs> while the show was going, I passed him. Um and I'm like, I think one board after him now or two boards after him now so i mean i can't blame him because i kicked his ass first
0: and you know me i come back and i just start stomping
1: (laughs) yeah yeah he does
0: (laughs) all right so this was only the two of us we'll go through these couple of stories real quick um I think I'll take the last one.
1: That's actually the one that I figured you were going to take. Mm -hmm. I had set the first one for Ari. um, And I'm going to take the second one, so I guess I will go first.
0: All right. It is all yours.
1: Yeah, so um, Godiva, which is one of my favorite chocolate brands, is uh going to be collaborating with zen no um which is a a huge collaboration project that is going on in japan uh zen no otherwise known as the japan agricultural cooperatives groups national federation of agricultural cooperation associations say that 10 times fast yeah um they now have another big name on board for its newest release, which is esteemed luxury fruit store Ginza Sembi- Sembi- So now these three forces have joined together to create Ginza Chocolat Daifuku.
0: Interesting.
1: Going to be available in three varieties, and each one is going to feature a specialty fruit from various prefectures. So, daifuku are traditional sweets that contain a sweet filling wrapped in a thin layer of sticky rice. The first one is going to contain a Tochitomo strawberry from Tochigi Prefecture, which is a variety noted for its perfect balance between tartness and sweetness, which is said to pair well with the richness of chocolate. The Koroyoku kiwi which is a variety from uh, Kagawa prefecture characterized by its bright green flesh and high sugar content is said to be a good match for the mochi sticky rice coating and smooth chocolate cream. Rounding out the collection is the kumquat from Kagoshima prefecture, which has a sweet skin and moderately sour flesh to create an exciting contrast to the rich chocolate. Uh, The combination of luxury fruit and chocolate takes Daifuku sweets to a whole new level of deliciousness, but they're not going to come cheap. Each one is going to cost you about $6. (laughs) Still, for fans of uh, Godiva and Sambiki, or Daifuku in general, it is a price worth paying. Especially as the sweets are only being made in limited quantities. Yeah, so um, I I kind of really want to try one, specifically the strawberry one.
0: I don't think I'll be able to get them to you in time when I go to Japan.
1: They probably won't even be available by the time you go out there. But
0: I do plan on grabbing some Japanese chocolate bars and stuff. Awesome. Well, the thing is, I know I can get a few of them here at Sunrise Mart, but I'm going to see if I can find ones that I've never seen, so kind of fun I have with that.
1: But yeah, and they're so pretty, and I, I, I like fruit and chocolate together, so I, I kind of want one.
0: I can kind of tell. next. Now we're going okay, to ta- talk about a follow-up to a story we've discussed here previously about Revolving Sushi. It seems that a teen sushi terrorist Sushiro lawsuit could go up to 160 million yen. Now, if you remember earlier this year, we talked about how the nation was rocked when a boy licked the soy sauce dispenser. A cup intended for another customer and his finger finger before wiping it on pieces of sushi that floated by on the conveyor belt of Major Chan Sushiro. This isn't the worst crime in the grand scheme of things, nor was this teen's first or last person to have been caught doing such a thing. But perhaps it was was hit as just as the country was emerging from years of COVID-related restrictions and the feelings of disgust that the video evoked were in full effect. There is a video floating around that you can watch this, more or less, with a news report. It is crazy. Now, speaking... In regards to that, the communal nature of revolving sushi restaurants meant their income was also suffering from the pandemic and have to take place just as things were improving had devastating potential. Since then, Sushiro and their competitors have all been racing to take measures to assure the public it was safe to eat there. As news of this sushi terrorism traveled around the globe, so the news of the lawsuit filed against the boy for 67 million yen which translates to $472,000. That Sunday was they were suing for damages. It's important to note that, unlike the courts in some other countries, Japan, for the most part, does not award punitive damages that go beyond the actual loss of property or business. That amount equals to about 67,000 meals at Shushiro. This means every yen of that 67 million demanded by the company is tied into some financial loss they've incurred and they feel they can prove it in court. At the time of the incident, the stock price of Sushiro's parent company took a dive about 17 billion yen, which translates to about 118 million dollars. And the blowback of social media strongly suggests that a lot of people would stop going there resulting in subsequent loss of sales. That's crazy. However. It will be hard to prove that those things were a direct result of the sushi terrorist actions alone. The Shiro is more likely to bring up the cost to replace all the cups and soy sauce dispensers in that one store at least, as well as the added labor costs of shutting down the revolver conveyor belt nationwide and accommodating customers' understandable requests to get tableware from the back they know is clean. These costs are also ongoing. Sushiro is currently working on installing acrylic dividers between the tables and all of their 600-plus restaurants across the country. They're currently estimating the cost of these and other hygiene improvements to an additional 93 million yen, which translates to about $650,000, which would put the youngster on the hook for about 160 million yen, which translates to $1.1 million. Outcome of this lawsuit remains to be seen... But a majority of online comments appear to be in support of hitting the sushi terrorist hard. Comments such as, he's so young, I guess he'll have a lot of time to pay it back. Summer jumbo lottery jackpots up to 100,000 yen. That might help. I bet he feels really sorry now. With this plus, the stuff from COVID-19, that restaurant's going to be wall-to-wall acrylic. They won't get the money to pay for the acrylic from the kid anyway. It'll just make the prices go up. Whether. Regardless of whether the awarded amount is 67 million or 160 million yen, it will certainly appear that the teenager is totally unable to pay it. In all likelihood, this may be settled out of court, with the boy receiving a more practical punishment. So Shiro will have to have sent a clear message to the world about the financial pain they or other restaurants in Japan could potentially dish out in response to sushi terrorism. I got nothing on that one.
1: Yeah, it is what it is.
0: He licked around and found out. (laughs) Oh, you know I'm right.
1: (laughs) I plead the fifth.
0: You always plead the fifth.
1: I do, because it's easier that way.
0: Oh, yeah. All right, we're going to get up and out of here. So if you like tonight's show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. So what we like and don't like, we're telling you outright anyway. So if you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at AnimeJamSession.com. Again, that is podcast at AnimeJamSession.com. We're here to believe Don't forget to visit our website at AnimeJamSession.com where you will find our weekly podcast. You will also find cosplayer tips and tricks, cosplayer interviews, anime reviews, editorials, links to our YouTube page of convention coverage. You'll also find links to our Facebook page of Cosplay Convention Coverage too. All that and a lot more at AnimeJamSession.com And don't forget, episodes are available in a nice, ready to go podcasting format you can find us on anchor fm iheart radio spotify google podcast TuneIn radio stitcher and apple podcast and what's great is that some of these sites have the option to leave a review so if you could leave us a review throw us a couple of stars we really appreciate that a little bit goes a long way and down below if you're watching wait that's the next part don't forget to follow us on our social media. YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. It's all Anime Jam Session. Follow us enough so you know when we're going live, when we have new articles going up, when podcasts are going up, photos, and so much more. And to all of you who follow us on our socials, thank you so much. We couldn't do this without y'all. And now, if you're watching live with us, we have a tip jar. Right below this, this page here, there's a link to our Ko-Fi and our stream elements if you want to click and throw us a few dollars. That would be great. We really appreciate that. want you can cheer us on with bits that's also a cool thing to do or you can also um give subs or sub to the channel every little bit counts and it goes right back into keeping things going and we can't thank you enough for that so let's see what do we have left here uh last words last words mako chan
1: i am freaking tired but uh It'll be worth it if I'm done with everything I need to be done with before this weekend.
0: My last words is I got stuff to do before bed, then sleep. Well, that is it. End of list. We'll be back in two weeks and we'll have the whole gang together. I think that's a uh, a berry uh, berry week, so I think they will be joining us. So that is it. End of list. We're getting up on out of here. So I'm Ranma.
1: And I'm Mako-chan.
0: Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Not next week. I mean, see you in two weeks. Thank you for that. (laughs) I just said that. (laughs) Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Goodnight, Mako-chan. That is it. We're out of here. See you all in two weeks. and vognetwork.com for more information about us and other programs jamatane